with the Police Officers Association of Michigan, broadcast live from Washington, D.C. for Police Week 2010. All right, we're broadcasting live again from the tune-in down on Pennsylvania and 4th Street in Washington, D.C., Police Officers Association of Michigan. And... Um, Right, it's uh, it's 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 packed to the max in here. Temperatures 40 degrees above what it is outside. I'll tell you what, but uh, we, we've got a lot of camaraderie and a, a lot of great officers and a lot of great stories coming out here. Sitting with us right now, City of Gross Point uh, Police Department Lieutenant Eddie Tuyaka. Tuyaka, I said it right, and that's that's a real Polish name if you haven't heard about that. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us, Eddie. Thanks for coming down. My pleasure. So. Uh, being down here, is this your first time down here? To, yes, it uh, is. Yeah, this is my first time. Wow. Uh, and you, yeah. How long have you been on the force? Uh, well, I've been with Girls Point for 24 years and uh, nine years in Detroit before that. Wow, wow. And um, wh- 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 I guess uh, you've been here for a couple of days and you obviously went to the candlelight vigil last night. Yeah. What was the, uh, kind of give us uh, you know, your, your overview, your feeling of how everything was. Well, you know, the, I was floored from the moment I got into Washington. Just to see everything, the camaraderie from police officers from everywhere across the United States and the world. Um, the candlelight vigil was extremely moving. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you feel bad, you're hard and top and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can't help but start getting teary-eyed. Absolutely. Um, but the day before, um, the guy that I was with from uh, Harper Woods on the Honor Guard, we have a combined uh, Honor Guard. Oh, you're an Honor Guard guy, too. Yes. Okay. And uh, he says, hey, let's stop by the wall for a quick minute. So I thought, you know, I'd never seen it, so I'd stop by the wall. And I thought, you know what, let me look up some guys that I knew that I was friends with, um, predominantly in Detroit, that had gotten killed in the line of duty. Um, And as I'm going on, you know, I look by the state, and I started writing them down, and then there's another one. And I started writing them down, and there's another one. And I came up with a list of... Twelve people. Wow! Wow! Um, back from you know when I started in 19- so over the over the past twenty five years, twelve fellow brothers. Yeah, and sister. And sister. Um, you know, Vicki Hubbard, seventh um, precinct. I worked with her at the thirteenth precinct. Uh, you know, real good girl. She was in a high speed chase, and uh, you know the bad guys cracked up their scout car and pushed her into a house. Went into a house, and she got killed in that car accident. So this this week means a lot more to you. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's something that, you know, I'm going to make a promise. I'm gonna, you know, I carry these names now with me, and I'm going to carry them everywhere because I don't ever want to forget any of these people again. Right. Um, you know, Sergeant Mike Bassett of the 7th Precinct um, got killed in the line of duty in 1983, and I had seen him two hours before he got killed. Um, he was working the desk at number 7, um, and he was a great guy. He was an east sider. You know, we lived not far away from each other. And, you know, we're BSing at the desk when I had to turn in some reports and left at 7 o'clock in the morning and they dispatch a run on an officer shot at Forrest and Gratiot. Um, You know, and it's, it came out strange because usually, you know, an officer will call it out, well, this came through dispatch. You know, and they dispatch the cars, but everybody started heading in that direction. Sure. And uh, it turned out that it was Mike Bissett. Uh, he had come upon a burglary in progress. Um, and this is back in 1983 where video arcades were just up and coming. Yeah. Right. See some guys unloading video games into a trailer. So he just stops to talk to them. Um, and they got the drop on him, took him at gunpoint inside, beat him up, 
you know, Stowe's badge ripped the stuff up and shot him in the back of the head with his own gun. Execution style? Yes. Um, you know, and, and even though I'll never forget that, you know, I had forgotten about Mike. Right. You know, people like uh, him, Frank Simeon, you know, went out of B&E and Lafayette. You know, a simple, a simple run. And the perpetrator, a 17-year-old guy inside in the closet. And, and Lafayette. Yeah, yeah, uh, in Detroit, Lafayette okay. Street. Um, in fact, the address is 3800 East Lafayette. Wow. Um, and I remember that, and he died in 1984, I believe it was. Um, he went in on this B&E and opened the closet door. The guy took one shot in the dark. And Frank, Frank was one of the guys, I mean, he was a diehard cop, and he was wearing bulletproof vests long before anybody else was. And he had a bulletproof vest on, but the round hit his badge and deflected down into his chest cavity. Wow. He called out on the ear himself that he was shot. Uh, you know, and we escort, did escort down to Detroit receiving. And, you know, I thought I heard him on the radio. I thought, okay, Frank, you know, he's a tough guy. He's going to be okay. And he had died on arrival at, uh, at Detroit receiving. You know, and just a, a great guy, a fantastic cop, and, you know, it's people like that that should never be forgotten. They should always be remembered. Absolutely. And that's what's so important about this whole police week thing. Absolutely. Well, you know, why don't you go through your list, too? I mean, these are really good stories, and I'm sure a lot of the members, since they are all officers or law enforcement of one way or another, um, these are all different things that they, they, they would like to hear about. Yeah. Well, you know, Jennifer Fettig, she died in 04. Uh, she and her partner, partner, you know, made a traffic stop, and the guy popped out and, uh, and killed both of them. Um, Ron, Ron Ford in 1987, um, he got killed. He was on Detroit's SRT team, I believe. Um, Vicki Hubbard, I told you about, uh, died in a car accident uh, in the 7th Precinct. Um, Freddie Jackson died in 86. That was shortly after I left. Uh, Jerry Philpott died in 95. Um, Mark Radden died in 86. Uh, Frank Walls, 1988. Uh, Frank Simeon in 1982. Um, and another guy uh, that was a good friend, uh, his, his birth name is Giacomo uh, Buffa, but everybody called him Jocko. Um, and it was like everybody in the department knew him. Uh, he worked narcotics, Detroit narcotics, for the longest time. And he looked like he could be a double for Serpico. <laughs> I mean, he literally, he had the long hair, the beard, would wear the yeah. long top coat yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, I can't remember what street, but narcotics had gone and done a raid in the uh, north end of the 13th precinct. While, while narcotics is inside the house, somebody calls in a gun run, a man with a gun, to the same address. Um, and a brand new guy from number 13, and I didn't know him, so I didn't write his name down, but they responded. The new guy goes in, sees Jocko with a shotgun, and immediately opens fire on him and shoots him. Um, the narcotics officers that Jocko was with returned fire and killed the uniform officer. Um, you know, and this is like two months after I left in 86, and it was, you know, heart-wrenching. You know, something like that shouldn't happen. No. And procedurally, you know, DPD change your procedures on the whole thing and everything else. But, you know, you think that Jack will hear somebody, everybody on the department knew, well, here's a new guy. You know, he'd never seen him. You know, and he comes in, I'm sure he was scared. And, you know, I don't put blame anywhere for anybody. Uh, you know, he sees a guy with a gun. 
Um, but Jackal is just, uh, you know, just fantastic people and hard workers. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, and their, you know, and their memories absolutely should go on and on for forever and ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you left Detroit Priesting and you moved over to Gross Point, which uh, for some of our listeners that are outside of the, uh, the uh, outside of the metropolitan or, or out of Michigan, is a uh, you know it's along the waterfront, just outside of the skirts of Detroit, and it's a more higher end type of a community, very old community. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's considered the old money of Detroit. Yeah, in a old, lot of different. Old ways. money, new money. I mean, there's people like Amina yeah. Baker lives at Grove Point. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Uh, you know, which is a name that everybody recognizes. So, I mean, how have things been different going from Detroit going over to there? Well, you know, the funny thing is that I said for the longest time when I first got there that we dabble in police work. You know, it's certainly not as busy as Detroit, but we still do get, you know, armed robberies. Really? Um, just uh, three weeks ago, one of our officers uh, was trying to pull over a car on Mac, which is the dividing yeah. street between Grove oh, yeah. Point and Detroit. And uh, the car took off into Detroit, and within a half a block, they started firing at the officer. Oh. Um, you know, they literally opened the back door and started firing at him, so he backed off right away, and they took off and out on foot. Um, you know, so it's stuff like that. Four days after that, we had three 16-year-old girls robbed at gunpoint. Um, you know, a, a stolen van pulls up as we try to cross the street on Jefferson, which really? is where all the big money, yeah, all the well, big houses all the are. big, large money houses. Um, I don't know yeah. about you, Dwight, yeah. but I didn't hear about that in the newspaper. No, I didn't hear about that either. Yeah, three 16-year-old girls walking down the street, and a van pulls up. It's stolen out of whole, uh, Hazel Park. Sliding door opens up, and a masked male gets out held them at gunpoint actually put the gun to the girls heads oh. as he went through their pockets and stole their money uh you know iphones and stuff like that literally got nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and i mean you know we we're just talking about it outside and i'm just really glad that they didn't shoot him absolutely or oh. throw him into the band God, you know oh my goodness but yeah so it's you know it's things like that that you know things still do happen so you're still dealing with exactly potential you know not that not the not the frequency that Detroit, certainly. Um, but, but, you know, still, one of the good things about being in Girls Point is that we have a little more time to work on cases more. Sure. Um, How's the resources? The resources are excellent. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got an excellent working relationship with Detroit Police. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are here are, you know, my lifelong friends from Detroit now. Sure. Um, you know, I've either met them here. Or have known them before because we work so closely together. You know, we go to the same uh, 24-hour uh, BP at Macamoros and, yeah, yeah, and stuff that's like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we definitely know each other, and you know, it's a brotherhood. Yeah. You know, and when I say that, I mean it generically. You know, it's the females too. Right. But you can't just sit there and you know sit down on your laurels. No. Um, you know, when uh, when Officer Brian Huff got killed. We sent our canine officer there. He was working at night, and uh, I got a call at home, you know, that they were requesting a canine, so I instructed him because we had he was a supervisor. So I instructed him just absolutely head out to the scene. Right. And Officer Hoff is the uh, is, is the, the one that recently perished. Yes. Yeah, sorry, yes. Yeah, the past two yes. Weeks. yeah. We just had his funeral last week. Yeah. I mean, literally, literally last Saturday. Um, you know, with a wife and a child. And, you know, it's, it's people like Brian Huff that should never be forgotten. Right. You know, and we all, as police officers, we all have to, you know, whenever there's something that touches us, you know, and especially another officer getting killed, 
I believe that we all have a personal responsibility to learn something from it. Absolutely. You know, so that his memory goes on for forever and so that it shows the worthiness of the sacrifice that he and his family made that because he went, he put his life on the line and gave up the ultimate price that is going to make us better cops. Absolutely. Right, and that you was know. even the thing that, um, I, I forgive me for not knowing exactly her name from yesterday, uh, but it was one of the fallen officer's widow. Uh, that has since become a very large advocate for uh, for, for, for policemen. Yeah. Um, but her talking about, you know, her husband, normal regular work day, leaves for the office and everything else, and here she's a couple months pregnant, and here, you know, he gets shot and killed. Yeah. And uh, you just, you don't know when something like that's going to happen, and it, it reinforces that um, the awareness that you need to have on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and, and throughout your, your career as well. Someone yeah. like yourself is a, uh, you know, a, a long-term uh, police officer. Now, Lieutenant, um, these are things you can't forget about. No, you can't. And, you know, it's like you, you can't be prepared for everything. Right. You know, you can be as careful as you can. Sure. Um, you know, and I'm kind of, and I always have been, it's probably from my, you know, uh, incidences in Detroit, where... I'm at the one end where I try to be as ready as possible. You know, I always, um, where I live, the guys used to kid me because I would cut grass with my gun on me. And I told them, I says, look, you know, I live across the street from the bank. If they hold that bank up and the guys run this way, what am I going to do? Say, uh, excuse me, hold on for a second while I go and get my gun. Let me run it and grab it. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's things like you stop at a red light and you got to keep your eyes open. If somebody's walking up to your car and their hands are in their pockets... You know, and I'll tell you, it's a kind of a funny story. Um, early on when I was married, and uh, my wife's, uh, my father-in-law was a Detroit police officer. Okay. Uh, so she comes from a police family. But we had taken a friend of hers downtown to see um, one of the shows downtown. And uh, I'm driving her car. She's got a stick shift. And we're coming back down Jefferson. And I stop at a red light on Jefferson. And... Uh, which everybody knows now that in Detroit, red lights are just suggestive. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, not for me, you know. I'll, but anyway, so we stop at the red light, and her girlfriend in the back is chatting, yep, 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 and I see two guys crossing diagonally across the street, and they look like they're heading towards my car, and they both have abnormally large coats on. In other words, it was a warm night. They didn't need those coats. No need for those coats, huh? And the one guy closest to the car had his right hand in his pocket, not his left. His right hand in his pocket. So, and at the time, I was carrying a 41 Magnum. So I actually pulled my gun out and had it pointed at him while my other hand's at the steering wheel. (coughs) And, you know, I don't know if he saw it or what, but they continued around, and I had to have my wife put the car in gear right because it was a stick and we drove off and of course her friend in the back seat had not a clue what was going on yeah probably no, but, not a clue whatsoever yeah but my wife do and you know when i'm looking at it and you know you're a cop 24 7 i'm saying okay this is how people get shot right and rob and the thing is is that because i happen to be a bigger male they're more likely just to shoot me yeah. than yeah. to think that i'm going to back down right you know because well, criminals are not real brave no they're not very yeah. smart no either, no let's be honest. no they're, they're not brave, but they're not smart. you know and it's the bravest they'll you know they'll go and rob a you know little old lady before they'll rob somebody like us absolutely. you know you've got to have your head on a on a swivel 24 absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's the message we're hearing yes 
So Eddie, being in a, you're, you're a, how many year veteran? Um, yeah, 33, 33, 33 year, 33 wow. year veteran. Um, being the first time down here, I guess, what are some other types of reviews you can give? And, uh, you know, it took you 33 years to get down here. You've known about it for quite a long time, but, and you know, it's not an easy thing either for each department to get their officers down there to, you know, to have an entire, um, you know, group of guys come down, but, you know, as individuals. What type of recommendation can you give them on something like this? You know, every I think it should be a federal requirement that every police officer at some time in his career, early in his career, come down here. To really get a grasp. We just interviewed one of the guys from the Detroit Police Department, two-year veteran, and uh, he made the trek down here on his own, and he says, you know, for what I felt in the brotherhood and everything that, that's come out of this has been just um, that there's no place I could put on something like this, and just it's opened up my eyes to so much of what I see now and what I feel and what this is really all about. Yeah, it, it is, and what it's all about, Ian, you know, here's an important thing. If you go back home and you go online to, like, thefreak.com or detroitnews.com and you pull up any story about an officer being shot or anything like that and you read the comments, it's almost like it makes you embarrassed to be a police officer because you see how many people that put information in there absolutely hate cops. Yeah. Absolutely hate cops. You know what? They hate cops, but they're clueless as to what cops go through every day. Yeah, but you know, but even kids, you know, it's like I got two daughters, they're 12 and 14, um, you know, and I know they're not listening to this, but I love you, Jessica, and I love you, Emily. Um, And I live in the growth points. Uh, there was a time that my wife had gotten an operation, so I got special permission to be able to take them to school. They're in middle school now. And they said, Dad, would you drop us off uh, a couple blocks away? Because even their friends. They didn't want to be associated with, with the, the cop getting out dad. of a police car. Yeah. Yeah, getting out of a police car. And, you know, people need to realize, you know, not just cops, but civilians. It's like, look at this wall. There's thousands of names on this wall. What, what has happened to society where, I mean, 10, 20, 30 years ago, cops and firefighters, they were the heroes. Exactly. Now, now we've got ridiculous basketball players and football players. And still to this day, in my mind, especially after being down here, it's just a reminder, cops, firefighters, it they, is, they're, they're no the matter, heroes and, in this and society. no matter where you're a cop at, you know, absolutely no matter where. Um, you know, I was here with the... Um, you know, I had just met, and I now become lifelong friends with the parents of a Hazel Park police officer who got killed in line of duty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I'm going to be in touch with them for the yeah. rest of my life. You know, absolutely. But, you know, here's a city like Hazel Park. Um, you know, we had an officer fired upon. You know, one round going the wrong way could have gone in his head. Yeah. Right. Um, you never know, yet you get people who just, you know, think we're like at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I've got a college degree. I graduated from Wayne State with honors. You know, I, my, I originally went, and, you know, guys, don't slap me down for this, but I originally my major was computer science. Very <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. And this was in 1974, 75. Wow. Um, and I Those switched it. big computers. Yeah, they were. <laughs> big, big programs, too. So you were the too. tape changer? <laughs> yeah. No, it's this was even before tapes. We had oh, cards, individual cards. Oh, boy. Boxes of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I switched to criminal justice. You know, I could be out there, you know, in computer science making, you know, $200,000 a year, everything else like that. 
Well, you know, potentially, because I know some guys that have been um, a little bit older in computer science, and what they lost, or what they what they learned, and what they they worked on, it moves so quickly and becomes so extinct. Absolutely. So quickly, um, they've been out of jobs for a long time. Yeah. Because you, you have to move with the whole situation. Oh, okay, so I don't feel so bad there. No, about no, no, yeah. I, I think you're in a safe place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Dwight and I are in the computer industry and the technology, okay. but I, I can tell you, and I, I, I'm most likely speaking to Dwight as well, that the respect we have for police officers and the work they do yeah. I, I, is immense. And, and the fact that you guys go out every day and... and Battle the bad guys and put your. You know, and we do. And you know, it's like I say. You know, we're in Gross Point, but you know, when I'm in my dress uniform, I've got a chest full of medals, and every single one of my earn. Yeah. Right. You know, and it wasn't You're not giving for, away for free. You're not buying no. eBay. And, not stars on a wall yeah, either. Yeah, and it wasn't for you know taking people's mail in while they were on vacation. Yeah. No. You know, this was for you know the different levels. It was for you know extraordinary work or you know excelling in an extremely dangerous position plus you were at a time working in detroit when we had a very interesting decade and we still had coleman young involved down there as well yeah you know so there was some very interesting things going on down there and there was still some commerce happening well thank you for taking the time out i don't mean to make your ice melt over there in your drink but thanks for taking the time out to, to talk with us a little bit thank you